What's up? Welcome to Forte Catholic Radio. I'm your host, Taylor Stroll. It's great to be here with you today. Today is a very special day in the history of Forte Catholic. Today is going to break the record for most people in the studio live at one time. I'm going to let them introduce themselves here in just a second. But uh, first, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do today. So last week, we had a pretty uh, heavy show. I was uh, sharing a lot of things from from the retreat. So if you like ultra-spiritual episodes, you can go check it out right now, fortecatholic.com slash radio. Um, you, can, you can find all the old episodes. Uh, listen to last week. It was really a lot of fun, but it, it really was more meaty than, than some of our normal shows. So I thought this week we're going to keep it nice and lighthearted, um, just uh, have, have some fun. We got a fun guest today, Mr. Marcel Lejeune, who's uh, a, a local hero. He's a beautiful, beautiful bald man. He's the bald man that I want to be when I grow up. Uh, he's coming into the studio here in uh, about 15 minutes or so to talk about um, millennials and old people. So uh, everybody in the studio right now is a millennial. And he, uh, Marcel worked in college campus ministry for, uh, I think, over 15 years, and he's uh, very well-renowned. Um, he was a campus minister here where we were recording the show from at St. Mary's Catholic Center, which is the Catholic Center for Texas A&M. It's, it's one of, if not the best uh, Catholic student center in the nation, and he had a large hand in that for a very, very long time. Uh, so he is, I mean, I'll ask him how old he is when he gets here, but he's probably in his 40s, maybe, 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 yeah, probably not 50. He's probably in his 40s is what, is what we're guessing. Um, so not a millennial, right? But he's worked with and besides millennials for a very long time. So I wanted to have him come on. We're going to be talking about how to bridge the gap in the faith, in the church between millennials and non-millennials, right? So um, I'm sure he has some great things to say. And the five millennials who are currently in the studio will uh, either get a lot out of it or just glare at him for 17 minutes throughout the second second segment there. Um, in the first and third segment, we're going to have some fun. The first segment, uh, Miss Sam Shepard is here again, one of our one of our uh, favorite uh, guests on the show very often. Say hi, Sam. Hello. Hey, are uh, you doing all right today? I am. I'm really excited get, about get, today. Get a little closer to that mic, and Jake, oh. make sure uh, make sure we can hear her. Uh, everybody, say hey, hey, Jake, Mr. Producer Man. He doesn't have a mic, so he's waving to you. Um, he's very he's looking very beautiful today in a shirt with uh, Jesus on the Jesus on the front, mm-hmm. uh, which which makes him a Christian. That's actually the first requirement of being Christian is wearing a shirt with my face on it. <laughs> um, if you haven't seen the Jesus dubbed videos, do your favor. Do do your favor now. Do yourself a favor. And do a favor for someone else. But first, do yourself a favor. <laughs> Go on YouTube, find the Jesus Dub videos, and you'll thank me later. Um, we also have Kyle, Kyle, a.k.a. the Heathen Turner, in, in the yep. studio. What's up, Kyle? What's going on? Oh, you know, not much. I, uh... I'm just doing my radio show live on the air. It's nice. Oh, has that started? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. So, uh, so watch your mouth. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, we... we uh, so we have a we have a Patreon page, and on that page we'll be adding content of like pre-show stuff, uh, off-air interviews with some of our guests. It gets pretty spicy. It really does. So if you want the like unedited version of the show, uh, you can head over to Patreon.com to hear Kyle be more of a heathen than he is being right now. Um, Kyle's gonna get me fired one day. I just know it. Um, but speaking of of podcasts, and Ky- Kyle and Sam have been have been on the show quite a bit, and I have put them through. Um, quite a, quite a bit of heck. We'll, we'll say that for the for the young listeners listening, right? Uh, with some of the games that I've played, some of these trivia games, and uh, so I thought we'd turn the tables. And I said, Sam, why don't you pre- prepare a game uh, for me, our producer Jake, and Kyle, the Heathen Turner, to play? Uh, so that's what we're going to do here in just a second. Um, it, 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 stay stay with us though. We got Marcel coming in the second segment, and in the third segment. Uh, we're going to be looking at an R&B song, what that has to do with Song of Songs, why the term I am black and beautiful is in the Song of Songs. We'll be looking at all that, so stay tuned for our third segment. So first, a few introductions before we play this game. How we're going to do this is, uh, is, is you get two sentences, So just so we can get to know our contestants and get to know our hosts a little bit. Uh, we went to this training, this youth ministry training at the diocese the other day, and they said, well, how would you explain yourself, like describe yourself to somebody if you couldn't say like what you do, not defined by your job, but like who actually are you at your core? And then I was immediately, I thought, well, I'm, I'm a Catholic husband and father. That's typically how I, how I introduce myself, right? 
Then he's like, no, it can't be what you do. It can't be anything that you're good at. I'm like, oh, that's fine. I'm a Catholic husband and father, <laughs> right? Because, you know, I try, but I'm not the greatest at those few things. So that's my introduction. Um, oh, there was one other There was one, uh, one other funny thing from our intros when we were introducing ourselves to our small groups uh, at our, sitting at our table at that training. And a lot of people were saying, you know, that's what I said. Somebody else said, I'm a child of God. I said that. Right. Yeah, Sam was like, I'm a child of God. Uh, so he, so the, the leader heard that, and he was like, well, if you're a child of God, what does that mean if you're in traffic? And some people <laughs> were like, oh, that means that you're supposed to let other people through, view everybody else as a child of God. You know, that, that was kind of his whole point. If we're children of God, then so is everybody else, even the jerk in traffic. And then I was sitting over there saying, like, well, if I'm in traffic, traffic i recognize that we're all children of children of god but i i'm a blessed and highly favored child of god so these (laughs) fools need to get out of my way so (laughs) if you've never listened to the show before that is me that is forte catholic uh sam you don't have to do like the super holy version but you get two sentences how do how how would you like to introduce reintroduce yourself to our friends listening on forte catholic hello i am sam I Sam, am, I am a child. I like green eggs and ham. I did it for you. All right. Go oh, ahead, Kyle. <laughs> okay. Um, Kyle Turner is fearless. Kyle Turner is scared of everything. <laughs> All right, Jake, okay. our, 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 our friendly producer, Jake, how would you like to introduce yourself? I am the backbone of this operation. <laughs> <laughs> we all just laughed. Kyle just choked <laughs> on his water. <laughs> I keep us together. Y- you and do, on air. You do keep us together. Sometimes it's, too long. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, yeah, Jake Jake keeps everything going. Like when we're moving mics around, it's really important for Jake to be checking the levels of our mics because sometimes I'm a little louder than other people. So uh, Jake's actually going to turn around right now and do that. Everybody say thanks, Jake. Thanks, Jake. I, I, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the people listening oh, in the car sorry, right now. Sorry. I, I heard them. It's like Blue's know. Clues. You're like giving them something to say, <laughs> yelling at their radios. Very good. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> All right, Sam. So uh, why don't you introduce this game? So um, before we even get started, I told you don't tell me like what the game is so I mm-hmm. don't know what's happening. It's true. You did tell me where it came from. So we have to do a shameless plug for uh, Download Youth Ministry. Also, it's not only a shameless plug, but I also don't want to get sued. So all of these games come from Download Youth Ministry. We use them in our youth ministries all the time. Fun games to play with young people. Fun games to play with millennials. We'll see what Marcel has to think about, has to say <laughs> about those in a second. But why don't you introduce the game for us? Yeah, so it's it's really simple. Um, I'm going to read a li- like read a lyric to you, and your job is to tell me if it's from a love song or a worship song. Aren't worship songs just love songs for God? Oh, you got her. Truth. I got her. That's true. I win the game. It's over. No, <laughs> no, no. Doesn't work that way. All right. So a secular love song. Right. Gotcha. So how this is going to work, right? You're going to ask a question, and then we're all going to take turns answering it, and mm-hmm. then you're going to keep the points, and then we will announce a winner by the end of the segment. Yes. Okay. okay. Ready, set, go. Here's the first one. I need your loving in my life. You're the only one whose love is better than life. Uh, okay. Um, wh- what are the options again? No, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say love song. I- I'm going love song as well. I agree. It just sounds the word loving is just so wrong. What? All, three, All of us. That is a worship song. Jesus, I long by Hillsong United. I Read don't it think again. I would use that. For I that need phrasing. your loving in my life. You're I the need only, your loving. You're like, the only. If it was loving, like with a G, but loving, like it with does. an apostrophe. It has the apostrophe. <laughs> I read it. That's crazy. We're all terrible. It's okay. Those, those you Hillsong, know? Australia, they use different words. It's true. They're from Australia. <laughs> they have an accent. They, yep. It's changing. Cool. Ready for changing, the next one? Not changing. You see what I did there? <laughs> I see it. All right, here we go. I also heard it because this is radio. (laughs) (laughs) Number two. Number two. Because you are mine forever love watching from up above. That sounds like it has to be praise and worship. Or it's like a love song to somebody who has passed away. (laughs) Yeah. Because you are mine forever love watching from up above. Does anybody else like making up the melodies to these songs? I'm trying to like figure them out. (laughs) I'm going to say... I'm going to say worship song. Okay. I agree. You know, I feel like it's a trick. I'm going to go. I feel like it's a candle in the wind or something. That's I'm I'm going to I'm going to say a love song. Kyle was right. Yeah, yeah. Love song. Kyle. <laughs> to where you are by Josh Groban. Oh, <laughs> I was so close. Damn, Kyle. So close. 
Yeah. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that in the air. Elton John and Josh Groban are essentially the same person. They're so very similar. Yeah. If if they walked by me in a grocery store, I'd be like, hey, look, there's Josh Groban and Elton John. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, here we go. Here we go. I'm coming to you for the love that I need. I'm desperate for your touch. And I, I'm <laughs> desperate <laughs> for you. I'm desperate for your touch. I'm um, coming to so you tricky. for the love yep. that I need. I'm desperate for your touch. Love song or worship song? I'm going love song again. I'm desperate for your touch. Like I feel like I'm gonna get tricked by the really easy one. So I have like I have to say love song because it sounds like a love song. Okay. Contrary, I'm gonna be contrary and say worship song. Jake is right. Woo! Worship Dang song. It. Seeking you, Hillsong. Just Hillsong United. Hillsong, what are they doing <laughs> over there? <laughs> Hillsong needs to go to a purity conference. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Sometimes I run, sometimes I hide, sometimes I'm scared of you, but all I really want is to hold you tight. Love song or worship song? Say it again. Sometimes I run, sometimes I hide, sometimes I'm scared of you. But all I really want is to hold you tight. That better be a worship song because that's a weird love song. <laughs> oh no! See, Sometimes I, I, I'm scared of you. <laughs> oh no! See, I think it's backwards. I think you're thinking backwards. If it's a worship song, it's kind of weird. No, I'm scared of God. Sometimes. No, I'm not. <laughs> you would listen to it. I'm not debating that. It's a weird worship song. I, I'm saying love song. It's worship for sure. Love song. Oh, it's worship. Love song. Absolutely oh. love song. It's it's Britney Spears. Sometimes I run. Sometimes I hide. So score update. Sometimes oh, dang it. I'm I wasn't right. Score update. Dang Kyle it. and I have two. Dang it. And Taylor has zero. I have zero. <laughs> we <laughs> thought you would be good at this. I really the, thought the, you were going to be good the, at this. The O in Forte Catholic is for zero. That's exactly right. <laughs> okay, okay. You got this. You guys got this. You have been the beauty in the song I sing, the fragrance of the rain. You have been the mystery in, the deep, in my deepest dreams. You make me fly away. Worship song or love song? Kyle's looking this up with Siri. No, I'm not. I'm keeping score. <laughs> I feel like all three of us should say what it is because I think it's it, that's obvious, right? It's not obvious. It's not know. obvious. Okay, well, then y'all go. Say, say it again. I was checking levels, so I wasn't actually paying attention. <laughs> say it again. You have been the beauty in the song I sing, the fragrance of the rain. You have been the mystery in my deepest dreams. You make me fly away. Golly. Love song. Kyle knows it. I think you know this song. I th- I think it's a worship song. Love song. I'm going worship. But then again, it's probably love song because I'm wrong every time. Worship song. Yes. Yeah, Taylor got a point. <laughs> Take hear? My Heart by Phil Wickham. Oh, of course Take it's Phil Wickham. Take My Heart <laughs> and form it. It's a different song. <laughs> different song, different song. Okay, ready? Guys, I'm a worship leader. I can sing. <laughs> oh my Take My Heart. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> Maybe you could be the light that opens my eyes. Make all my wrongs right. Change me. Change me. It's that famous, that famous change me song. I think it's a love song. I, I think it's worship. Um, worship. Love song. Dang. Only Kyle. I should have said I'm so love. confused by the sound. I know. I don't really know how to do it. She does the sound with her finger, and then we all just stare at her. We're like, we don't know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> what are you to be fair, if, if we get the bad sound, that means all of us were terribly wrong. <laughs> that's what all the people listening are the rooting beginning. for. So this was Change Me by Justin Bieber. Oh, that's why I knew it. Oh, no. What? Is this live? <laughs> Is this live? Oh, well. I can edit that out later. Okay, good. <laughs> Only the edit, live people. Edit it out of the listeners' ears, please. <laughs> we can do, like, so we we do have, like, a, a, a cuss button where we can drop the last seven seconds on live air. Oh, so. why isn't that accessible at I, all times? I love Justin Bieber. Oh, we oh, can't no. say that on the air. That's, that's swearing. <laughs> Basically the same My thing. My mama don't like you. Yeah. She likes everyone. Perfect. Oh, good job. All right, here we go. Thanks, Sam. You have me, you have my heart completely. Worship song or love song? Worship. Worship. Love. Aww. It was worship. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just give Jake the wrong answer real okay, quick? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is for Jake. 
All right. Thank good. you. All right. What's the score at? We have like three minutes left. Yeah, I'm keeping score. Um, the score is Taylor and Jake are tied for last <laughs> with two points each, and I am winning with five. Oh my god! And also, I'm keeping score, so that's completely accurate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People at home are like, they all have two. Kyle's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Go ahead, Sam. All right. I want to give you my world to reveal all I am and all I've become. You know, I think that's tough. That's, I'm going with love song. I'm going love too. I forgot to pay attention again. Love song. Worship song. Dang it. Rough. That was also. I think the only way I could come back with two minutes left is just to say the exact opposite of Kyle. (laughs) The only chance I have. (laughs) I should have done it that time. Let me guess. That was a Hill song? song? No, no, Phil Wickham. (laughs) Oh, okay. Oh, dang. Give you my word. What's going on with him? Is he okay? Is Phil okay? It's fine. Okay, here we go. Here we go. You got this. It's those artsy-fartsy worship songs that I can't get behind. (laughs) Here we go. Jesus isn't a flower? (laughs) Like a rose. (laughs) All my life, I was blind. I was blind. Now I see. Unless it's a Stevie Wonder song, I'm going with praise and worship. Worship. Praise and worship, worship? Praise and worship. I love worshiping praise and worship. Some youth groups do that. I'll say worship as well. What'd you say, Kyle? Worship. Love. <laughs> Love. Yes. <laughs> Good job. All right, what's the score? I only have a minute left. Three, Three to, f- to five to two. I have two. All right, come on, hurry up. Two okay, more. Okay, okay. <laughs> Pour out my heart to say that I love you. Pour out my heart to say that I need you. Pour out my heart to say I'm thankful. Pour out my heart to say you're wonderful. Oh, I feel like Wonderful is always a worship song. I'm going worship. I think it's worship, but I'm saying love just so I can come back. Love. Worship. Dang it. <laughs> I just snorted on the air. This is great. That's amazing. All right, one more. Kyle's the winner, but one more. I am the winner, regardless are, of what happens. Are me and Jake tied now? Um, no, you're beating him by one. Okay, we have to. We, the game's over. <laughs> <laughs> the game's now the game's now over. Uh congratulations, Kyle the Heathen Turner, for being the winner of our game. I'm a worship leader and I just lost a game to a guy. <laughs> yeah, not great. Not great for who you. goes by the heathen. So um this was this was a lot of fun. Thank you, Sam, for, for preparing that game for us. No problem. Um I'm mad at you because I lost. I'm sorry. It's completely your fault. It has nothing to do with me. I take no responsibility. <laughs> That's what millennials say. And so in, in the next segment we're going to be talking to Marcel about millennials and what we can do to fix the church. <laughs> we will be right back for our second segment. Stay tuned. We are back to Forte Catholic. We are here with local hero, local star, Mr. Marcel Lejeune. He's now he's looking at the Pope uh, on a picture. The Pope is not here. Yeah. We have to settle for you, Mr. Hero. How are you, Mar- Marcel? Not heroic. You're not. Uh, no. You're not. No. <laughs> are you, yeah, I'm not heroic. You're pr- you're pretty though. Uh, well. <laughs> You know, one day everybody's going to have a glorified body. Yeah. That day has not arrived yet. But once we get into heaven, yeah, the glow will come. I have the natural glow. Yeah, It'll be enhanced by, you know, the radiance of God's you glory. Go. Yeah. Your, your bald head is what I'm striving for. Amen. My hairline's following after you. What The look in your eyes when I said that you were pretty, I there was a moment in your eyes where you're like, I'm going to get up and leave. Like no. I, I really thought about I, it. I was trying to make sure there was a clear way to the exit <laughs> if this went anywhere else, like into the love song you yeah. know, portion <laughs> yeah. of the, the show. Yeah. Or if we went, you know, but even the worship song might have been creepier. <laughs> the so they are creepy. if you start like quoting worship song lyrics to me, I'm out. All okay. Right? I just want to point that out. We won't do that. But the reason I have four other people in the studio is that if I say something that offends you and you want to leave, you can't. Oh, actually, I can. <laughs> I can. Uh, you actually can't get offended because you're not a millennial. We have oh. that. We have that realm. <laughs> I, I'm rarely offended, but it is possible. I'm never awkward, though. You are not awkward. I don't get awkward. It's just fun. It's fun for me because everybody else around me sometimes gets awkward. And they're like, "This is awkward," and I'm I'm not awkward, but everybody else is feeling awkward, and I'm thinking, 
This is fun. <laughs> this is a lot of fun. <laughs> that's pretty awkward. I ain't going to lie. That's, that, this was just Marcel's self-examination live on the air. <laughs> so Marcel uh, is a Catholic speaker and author. He's well-renowned, well-respected uh, campus minister here at St. Mary's for many, many years until very recently. Um, we were building you up at the beginning of the show. What, just one of the best campus ministries in the nation. I know you had a large part in that, and I actually had the special privilege of you being my spiritual director for a few months. Until and I kicked you out. You, you kicked me out. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Uh, like you're really good at being a spiritual director, but you knew looking at me after a few sessions, you're like, I can't fix that no, guy. <laughs> nothing, nothing to work with here. Yeah. No, that wasn't it at all, people. That wasn't it. There were other extenuating circumstances. Nothing with Taylor. Right. Full disclosure. I can't say anything else. It's all internal forum. Oh, okay, so I can't say anything else either. No, you can. You can share. It's oh, like okay. confession. You can say what you want, but internal. Oh, I thought you stuff. meant like why we, why we, why we, why we stopped. So the the, anyway. the joke is actually because like. You were doing spiritual direction for mm-hmm. college students here, and like y'all needed to focus yeah. more on the college students, so you left me for a younger man. Is actually yeah, what happened. kind of <laughs> on younger men, and then and then I, then I ended up leaving my job. So I'm like, well, yeah, needn't yeah. So I'm that's kind of what happened. It, it was weird. It really was. It was. It was like the Holy Spirit just said, "Hey, dude, uh, I don't want you to be here anymore." And I went, "Ugh." <laughs> You mean, like, not work? Uh, <laughs> I've been doing campus ministry for 15 years. So, yeah, it was weird. But anyway, love millennials. That's what we're supposed to be talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. So let's let's get into that. So you, obviously, in your work with campus ministry here, you worked with all millennials, right? Yeah. Like, that's who you're ministering to. Yeah. How old of a guy are you? We were trying to guess earlier. Oh, well, let's have the game. Let, yeah. <laughs> all right, let's let's guess. I think I think... Oh, this I have to guess low to be. I'm going to try to guess exact. I'm not going to guess. I'm putting low. my ring upside down Four, so you can't 40, get my ear. 44. 44. Okay. Who's next? I'm going to say 39. <laughs> He's trying to win points. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 39. All right, one more. Uh, 45. Okay. You're closest, Taylor. I'm closest? I'll be 44 in July. Okay, so, so I'm a month off. That's yeah, actually really you're, impressive. You're, yeah. So, so, yeah, so I wanted to have you come on to talk about mm-hmm. how we can bridge the gap between millennials and an, and an older generation, right? Yeah. So people, and I'm people, older. You are. People, I am. people your age and up. So there's, I know you have a, a few things that you'd like to share with us. So like, what, what do millennials need to know to help bridge the gap yeah. um, in inter, inter, intergenerational ministry? And then what do older people need to know about college students, millennials? Yeah. First of all, you could do you know a dozen shows on this topic alone. But first things first, we got to tell some of the folks who may not even know millennials what what the millennial generation is. So basically, you're talking about your thirty-something, your twenty-something, and then down to about your seventeen-year-olds at this point. So the, most of the millennial generation is out of youth ministry and into uh, campus ministry and young adult ministry at this point. The my daughter is actually right at the tail end. She's going to A and M next year. She's 18 this summer. You know, she's at the very tail end of the millennial generation. Um, So they're pretty much graduating out of youth ministry. You got one more year behind her that would be considered youth ministry millennials. That's it. And then all young adult and campus ministry. So what's happening is that millennial generation is actually getting older into the workforce. And the majority of them are in the workforce, which is why you're getting all these studies now, which you're talking about millennials in the workplace and millennials having problems with older generation folks and millennials in the church. and millenn- So you got a lot of data out there right now. Quite honestly, the one of the biggest issues is trying to sort through it to figure out what, what are the nuggets we need to take out of that. I, I, I give you one or two real quick. First of all, it, it's a generation that cares about stuff that a lot of other generations don't care about. Um, and, and in my opinion, it's a good thing. So for instance, the environment is way up high on the list of what's important to this generation. Um, Satisfaction in the workplace, Um, happiness, you know, personal happiness and getting something out of life. These are all things that millennial generation kids are now wanting. And there's nothing wrong with that. The problem is you get a flip of that. You know, some people would, you know, the studies say that they're, as a generation, of course, uh, work habits just aren't quite there yet. Um, Sometimes they can be a little bit selfish. Um, you know, always looking out for number one and, you know, not re- necessarily tied to organizations or stuff like that. They don't have a lot of commitment to things. So you get some good with the bad. What I would say to people, if you start complaining about the millennial generation, you better start complaining about their parents because they're the ones who set them up for failure. Okay. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the boomer generation, which is the parents of most of these millennials, that generation, 
has if if there's big problems in the millennial generation, then they utterly failed as parents. That's the way we have to look at this. And so we shouldn't be blaming the millennials for the problems of our society today. We should be blaming past generations. And and we better take a look in the mirror as older generations and say, we have a lot of work to do with these young folks to, to really help them to be successful in the workplace, in families, in relationships, uh, and in the church, too. So now that you have everybody over 35 <laughs> listening to the show, mad, mad at them. No, <laughs> they, honestly, I hope so, because hope so. let's do something about it. A lot of people don't get to the point where they want to do something until they have some kind of emotional reaction. Right. So now that we have that emotional reaction, what would be some of those things that you would say? Like, how do we how do the older generations help me help millennials yeah. to be a part of the church community? How can we see them in a good light, see them yeah. as Christ does? So, well, the first thing is there's one of the things that millennials will focus on quite a bit that I didn't mention, and that's belonging. They want to belong to community. They want to feel like their time is being well spent. They want to feel like um, they they matter to the community. And unfortunately, in most Catholic parishes, that just isn't the case for the vast majority of the way people experience that parish life. So what does that tell us? That tells us that there's a lot of work left to be done at the parish level and at at the local level to helping to integrate young people into the life of the church. And what does that tell us? Part of the way we've operated in the past has failed. Now, we know this has failed because we look at the data and more Catholics don't go to church than go to church. More Catholics are not going to go to Mass this next weekend than will go to Mass this next weekend. And part of the reason is at the local level, we don't build community. We don't get people involved. We don't help set up people for success. And we're certainly not evangelizing and discipling people, which ultimately is where the heart of every generation lies, but especially telltale signs in belonging to community in the millennial generation. That's that's something that we really need to start to, to, to help people understand this is how you do it. Yeah, so how so how do we do that? Because we've yeah. ha- we've had this model for for so long, it's not working. And like, a, I mm-hmm. mean, as a young person, like I, um, so you, you consider yourself a young person? Uh, no, I'm I'm talking about Dear young people on the other side of the room. Do y'all consider Taylor a young person? <laughs> I, they're only like two, three years younger than me. But like, I'm a few years ago when I was a, a young youth minister right out of college, yeah. I. Uh, I had always had a youth group com- community, and mm-hmm. then I had like a campus ministry community. Yeah, and then I got back to the parish, and there really wasn't any. There was like a small young adult community, oh, and come then on, there was a black hole of right. community. Let's be honest. And then there was a, and then there was the Knights of Columbus, where I think you could join at my age, and I yeah. did, but I think you had to be at least seventy to yeah. like actually and, get something out of it. And well, here's the thing with with what, what's happened in most parishes is most Catholics don't understand what it looks like to actually disciple somebody, to be evangelized, and to have community. So let's start with evangelization. Evangelization is supposed to be a, include an explicit proclamation of the gospel where, well, let's even back up before that. you got pre-evangelization where you're building relationships and friendships with people so that you can have a right to be heard. And when you earn that right to be heard because now you've built a relationship, then you proclaim good news to them. And it starts first with your life, but then it has to be explicit. I'm going to tell you, Jesus Christ loves you so much, he wants, to, he wants you in heaven. Uh, however you want to proclaim good news. And then there's a response Somebody says yes to that in faith, and then that person from there is discipled or accompanied or walked with into a a further deepening of the relationship with Jesus Christ and with the other person, and then you surround them with community. See, we don't have any of this stuff in the average parish. It's accidental, in other words, if somebody comes into contact with Jesus in an intentional way and says yes to him in faith, or maybe it's on a retreat or a conference or something else, but we're not doing it at the parish level in ways that really transformational way. And then once we get them to that point, we don't know how to really walk with them and disciple them and take them under our wing and say, this is what living a life of a Christian looks like. And I got to tell you, working with young people, I had to go and learn that by doing it myself with them and messing up and doing it with them and messing up and doing it with them to learn how to disciple somebody because I wasn't given that opportunity either. So it's kind of like, you know, it's a lot to learn, but that's basically the formula for every generation. And millennials will tell us, in my experience of church, I'm not getting any of this which is why they're saying, I'm not going to do this anymore. Um, and that's something the church needs to respond to adequately and quickly. Um, and thank God we've got a little bit more within uh, momentum within the culture right now of the church that says, okay, data says we failed. Basics are what Jesus Christ has given us that we've forgotten some of the art of evangelization and discipleship. Let's get back to that, but how do we do it? So there's some of us who are trying to help lead the church in a sense in doing this stuff, and I'm I'm not taking credit and saying, oh, listen to Marcel, and uh, we'll fix all the problems. No, <laughs> what I'm saying is I'm good at diagnosing some of this stuff, okay? 
Um, there are other people out there who are much better evangelists and disciplers and other things than I am. But I will tell you, it's, it's sad that we don't have really the core of what the church is supposed to be about. The church is supposed to be about this stuff, and we're not even doing it. And that's what every generation wants. But millennials will, I, I think what they're doing is magnifying the issue for us, and that helps to respond quicker, in a sense. The church can't ignore anymore. Yeah, so what does good intergenerational ministry yeah. look like, like on, practically on a parish level? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's, yeah, and you're trying to get the nuts and bolts. Let me, let me give you a couple of things. Like, you go back to that Knights of Columbus stuff. Look, the Knights of Columbus do a lot of great stuff, fraternity, brotherhood, service, and stuff like that. What they need to do, though, is they also need to be doing evangelization and discipleship. Now, they don't forget the core of who they are as the Knights of Columbus, but they got to do the other stuff, too, because that's what the church is all about. Um, so what could it look like? Well, it looks like some of these older guys who do know what, it lo- what it's like to walk with Jesus, who have a prayer life, who are out serving the poor, who are doing this stuff and living it out in their family lives. And they take a young guy under their wing and they, they invite him into their home and, and they eat with them and they just talk to him and they get to know him and they love on him and they proclaim the gospel to him. And then here, let me give you another thing they need to do. At some point when that guy is ready, they step out of the way and let that younger person take a role of leadership. This is something that's very important at parish levels because what happens is, you know, John, who's been running the, you know, whatever the, even if it's a great retreat, he might do it for 30 years. You know, he's 67 years old. He's been doing it since he was in his middle ages. Those guys need to get out of the way in a sense. Um, And I'll be honest, part of the reason I left was because I saw some younger people here on staff who I thought were just phenomenal and they had opportunities to move up. Um, I want this to happen. I mean, that's what we do. We do in campus ministry is raise up leaders and then they go to parishes and they die on the vine because they're not being used. Their leadership abilities are not being brought out. Their, their gifts and their charisms are not being, you know, appreciated. And, and that's a big part of what ministry needs to do intergenerationally is, is, is mentor and love on and then let lead, I right. think. Yeah, so um, with that being the, the general case right yeah. now, how can millennials respond to this? If they're going into parishes, they feel underutilized, yeah. they feel like they're not being part. Um, instead of just leaving— or being discouraged and stopping trying, like yeah. what are some things that you would say to encourage millennials to, to help this problem as well? Yeah, first of all, be patient. Be very, very patient. Um, the, the parish is not your campus ministry or youth ministry that you've experienced or the conference that you went to or the retreat that you've had a great high on. It's not your little worship you know, community or your charismatic group or your Latin mass community that you love. The parish is where real life happens, and that means there's a bunch of sinners there who really don't understand necessarily what it means to be a saint yet. So you got to be patient. Uh, I remember when I moved out of St. Mary's and I went to my first parish, which will go unnamed at this point, one of the things I did was that, uh, you know, my wife and I, we went to talk to the pastor and said, well, how can we serve? And he basically said, go help with the youth ministry. We don't want to help with the youth ministry. What else can we do? Can we, can we start a Bible study? He said, ah, I guess so. Um, can we start a young married couples group? I guess so. Uh, that married in a different form, but that young married couples groups, they're still going on in that parish. Oh, wow. The Bible studies that we started, we're still in contact with some of those people. I mean, those were real relationships on a real local level that really mattered and, and made a difference. I still have friends from our married couples group, um, a number of them that, you know, godparents to our kids, somebody, you know, another couple that moved back into town that we're still good friends with and we hang out with. I mean, it's just one of those things where life should be lived in community, in Christian community, so that you can build each other up. But you got to be patient because every relationship takes time. And secondly, you're not going to change a church overnight. Um, you know, this is a big ship, and we got into this mess over the course of hundreds of years. It's going to take a long time to fix it. So, you want me to keep going? I, I do want you to keep going. This is uh, way too good. <laughs> we paid you a lot of free to come here yeah. and spend 17 minutes with us. So, yeah, let me, I'll give you a couple other things. I think that it goes both ways also. Um, they're the millennials who also know what they want need to be able to learn how to voice that in a way that's not offensive. Okay. Or not in your face. Um, and what I mean by that is you need to respect the fact that some of these folks who built the parish communities that you're part of right now have put their blood, sweat, tears, and time into a lot of this stuff. And we don't want to underappreciate what they've done either. You know, even if you disagree with them on a doctrinal issue or some pastoral level, or they don't get it or whatever, um, you, you want to appreciate them for whatever you can. So the other thing is that some of these folks who may not have a living relationship with Jesus Christ, who may not have a prayer life, and who may be just do, jumping through the Catholic hoops, 
who may not be what we would call an intentional disciple, somebody who's made a choice, I want to follow Jesus Christ for the rest of my life, then our job is to reach out and evangelize those people. Um, so the fact of the matter is, you know, intergenerational ministry doesn't just mean always the older person walking with the younger person and teaching them everything. Sometimes it's going to be a younger person that's going to have to help an older person come to know Jesus Christ and walking with them. So don't think that just because you get to go into a parish that you get just to be served. Your job as a Christian is to serve. So young people, that's the thing. you got to lay down your life to get life. you got to die to get life. And that's tough. I yeah. mean, but that's the only promise we have in the in the gospel is that we're going to suffer, right? And and that love is difficult. It takes sacrifice. And so, yeah, you want you know you talked about being a hero. You want to be a hero, then heroically love, yeah. do something heroic, and that means I'm going to love somebody how they want to be loved and the way they want to be loved, why they want to be loved right now, where it sucks and I don't even necessarily want to, but I'm going to do it because it's the right thing to do. Preach, man. Preach. I, I really appreciate you uh, coming on. This has been a, a great time with Marcel Lejeune. Uh, go follow him on Twitter. It's at M-A-R-C-E-L-L-E-J-E-U-N-E. He is 28 people away from 3,000 followers. Let's been there get, 17 years. I know. Let's get him there right now. I'm only 2,500 away from that number. So go follow Marcel. Marcel, thanks for coming, man. All right. Thanks. All right, all right, all right. We are back for the final segment of Forte Catholic for the evening. Right in the midst of our, our one of our more lighthearted shows in the last few weeks. Uh, I want to thank Marcel for coming on the show. That was just a great interview. Right whenever he left, the other four people sitting here were like, that was really good. And then uh, Abby, our, our wonderful producer's girlfriend, uh, was, was like, he, what did you say? That just he just it lit a fire set a in my fire soul. lit a fire lit a fire in my heart. It was yeah. beautiful, such a sweet moment. And she's also knitting, which is real weird. But um, we're having some fun today. If you if you're just joining us, we played a game in the in the first segment mm-hmm. about uh, a love song or worship song, and it got real creepy. And then uh, <laughs> Marcella Jun came and, and talked to us about um, how to bridge the gap between millennials and the older generation within the church. Uh, we're gonna have some fun in this segment too. So. Um, we're going to be talking about Song of Songs, which is one of the you know most interesting books in the Bible, and how that connects with an R and B song uh, mm. from two thousand six, two thousand five, something like that. Uh, when I stopped listening to new new songs, that's what Kyle thinks. Yeah, because uh, all of my playlist is from when I was in high school, um, living in the best years of my life, <laughs> back when I had hair. <laughs> 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 that's the last time I had hair it was two thousand five, <laughs> twelve years ago. Oh, no. um, so, so here's kind of the backstory and how this R&B song and Song of Songs connected for me. If you've never read Song of Songs, do so and then go to confession. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's, 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 it's that spicy book. It's scripture, but it's, it's very, very spicy. That's how we'll say it on, on Catholic radio. So uh, it's really weird to like be weirded out by talking about a book in the Bible on yeah. Catholic radio. I might get in trouble for talking about the Bible <laughs> on, this, on this episode, but... It's all about joy, right? We're having some fun. Speaking of, speaking of fun, when I was so this all happened the same day. There was a saint story I heard, and there was a song of songs thing, and it was hilarious. And then there was this R and B song, and all of it was super funny. The joy thing. So joy is a big part of the Catholic faith. We've been having. We, that's why we've been having a lot of fun today. Uh, after a, a heavy show last week, we wanted to just have a lighthearted show. So Saint Philip Neri, who we actually celebrated his feast day about two weeks ago. Uh. I've never done anything saintly in my life. True. This was the one thing, though. This was the one thing that I've done. St. Philip Neri once shaved off half of his beard, and you'd think, like, oh, like, to teach people a lesson. Like, no, no, no. He simply did it because it was funny. (laughs) So (laughs) St. Philip Neri, who people will, like, go to his church and venerate him, once shaved off half of his beard as a joke. (laughs) I'm just like... That's a saint I can be like. Because when I was working at a, at a church camp, uh, Deer Creek Camp in Medina, Texas, we'll actually be interviewing somebody from that camp next week on the show, so stay tuned for that. I mean, don't stay tuned. That'd be a long time to listen. <laughs> I listened to seven straight 24-hour days of radio. Looking forward to that interview. You have two uh, bathroom breaks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you can get uh, Domino's delivered to you every you six go. hours. So we we c- at this camp, we couldn't have a beard. We had to be like... The American man, like a completely clean shaven, dressed nice, all that kind of stuff. So, um, but we ha- because we couldn't have a beard the whole summer, 
we we grew out our beards over all like from the winter into the spring to see which counselor could have the biggest beard coming into the summer because we had one week at camp before campers got there where we could have our beard. So we had the competition. I got second. I don't like losing, but I got second <laughs> in our stupid game earlier, Sam. <laughs> uh, so, it's all Sam's fault. And it has nothing to do with me. So um, I got second. And then the last day that we could have our beards, the day before the campers came, uh, we got to do, we just did like a, who could have the craziest beard? And so one guy, the guy who won actually like shaved everything except the mustache and then curled the mustache like eight times oh, around his gross. cheeks. It was hilarious. What I did, I had like the neck beard, everything, right? I, I just did Two-Face and I shaved right down the middle yeah. from like the tip of my nose all the way over to the right. And I, and, I, and I had my head shaved too. And what was really funny is, so let's see. No, it was, I, I, kept, I kept the hair on my right side. So my left side was all clean. Okay. And I go the next morning. And I'm cooking breakfast next to this girl, and she's on my right side. So she looks at me and she sees the beard, right? I'm cooking eggs next to her for 20 minutes. And then, right when it's ready, I turn to her and she's looking at me. And she goes, ah! <laughs> she freaked out because I had half this beard. So, that is uh, the most saintly thing I've ever done in my life. So, we were having a lot of fun at, at this retreat. Here's our staff retreat for Blaze Ministries a couple of weeks ago. And I was reading, it was, it was interesting because I was reading um, some, a different part of the Bible, and then God was just like, go read Song of Psalms. Like, I have something that I want to share with you from Song of Songs. He didn't speak to me, but I was just like, Song of Songs just doesn't pop into my head, right? <laughs> so as I'm praying, Song of Songs gets put on my head, put on my heart, whatever. And so I open it up, and I start reading. I was like, God, where do you want me to go? And he doesn't, he, he quit talking to me. So, <laughs> so, I, uh, so I just started at the beginning. So in the first chapter of Song of Songs, in the fifth verse, I'm in this like super deep prayerful mode. God's telling me something, right? <laughs> and then I get to the fifth verse. And the fifth, fifth verse of Song of Songs says, I am black and beautiful. <laughs> so Amen. I, I'm just like, Amen. like, this is my new favorite verse. <laughs> I love this so much. <laughs> so what Song of Songs is, it's, it's, a, it's a love song between a man and a woman. So uh, between like two new lovers, like or like they're getting married, that sort of thing, right? So it's very sensual. It talks about the marital act and all these kinds of things, right? But it's the whole book is meant to show how God loves us, like as the as the bride of Christ. So like God is the bridegroom, we are the bride, and He's like, I think you're beautiful. I love you. Like I want to spend time with you. All these kinds of things that you would say in a beautiful relationship. So, it, like, even in the context of this, I am black and beautiful, it's really interesting because I, I saw it, just laughed for forever, and didn't look into, like, the meaning of it was until the show today, right? I just thought, that's hilarious, because Sam, who's, who's on the show now, she's mm -hmm. half, half black, right? It's true, And so I, am. I went and found Sam at the retreat, <laughs> and I was like, Sam, I found your new life first. It's amazing. <laughs> What's really interesting, because this, this whole story is, is allegory. Like, it's a story written to mean something else, something, a deeper meaning. And it's right at the obviously right at the beginning, first five five verses of this book, and she's saying, "I'm black and beautiful." Like I, I, and she she says like, "I'm beautiful," but then she keeps going and she's like, "I'm different than other women," and it's it's this uh, kind of pain. She's someone who works out in the fields, so she gets dirty. It's essentially kind of what she was what she was saying, and all these hoity toity rich women who are typically who, who the guys would go after, right? The, the more sophisticated, um, uh, clean, in the house, rich. Like, that's who most guys, especially in that time, would go for. And he's, she, she says it over and over. This isn't the only time that she says she's black or she's dark or that kind of thing. It's, I mean, it might be a translation thing. But she's like, I'm, I'm just a regular person. And then right after that, because it goes, like, you can, in most Bibles, it tells you, like, you could figure it out, but in most Bibles it tells you, like, this is when the man's talking, this is when the woman's talking. So it's like a conversation between the two of them. And right after she says, like, I'm not that good. I'm not like the other girls. Like, the first thing he says is, like, I think you're beautiful. And it's just like, oh, my gosh. So if this is supposed to be a story about our relationship with God, and I was like, God, this is actually it. Like, he brought me to this thing because he, he knows my sense of humor. He knew that when I read <laughs> I'm Black and Beautiful, I was going to lose it. Right? <laughs> but then as I, I, I kept reading, it was kind of all a big joke. But even, even now, like in preparing for the show, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like this is my relationship with God. Right. Because I'm like, oh, I'm not as holy as these other people. I've done bad things. I've dirtied myself. I've made my gone to the dark side. Right. Mm. 
like, you wouldn't choose me. And God's like, no, I love you. Like, I want you, right? And I was just like, man, that's so crazy. That's what the whole point of this Song of Songs book is. And then because I'm me, immediately this song from 2005, R&B song, popped into my head. Um, so we're, we're going to listen to it. And what I want to do is imagine this as a modern-day Song of Songs. So this is a love song from a man to a woman. The guy's name is Mario, not his brother's name isn't Luigi. Like this is a, a, guy, a fam- famous R&B singer. Um, we're going to listen to a couple verses and the chorus of this song now. Imagine that this is God uh, talking to you in an allegory of how much he loves you. Let's go. don't get it do you enjoy being hurt i know you smell the perfume the makeup on his shirt you don't believe his stories you know that they're all lies bad as you are you stick around and i just don't know why if i was your man baby you never worry about what i do i'd be coming home back to you every night doing you right Deserve good fame. This full of diamonds. A head full of rain. Maybe you're a star. I just wanna show you you are. You should let me love you. Let me be the one to give you everything you want and need. A baby, good love and protection. Make me your selection. Show you the way love's supposed to be. Baby, you should let me love you, love you, love you, love you, yeah. Listen, your true beauty's description looks so good that it hurts. You're a dime plus 99 and it's a shame, don't even know what you were. Everywhere you go, they stop and stare, cause you're bad and it shows. From your head to your toes, I all right so that is let me love you by mario so uh, let's walk through some of these lyrics so as you were as you were listening sam what were some of the thoughts that you had as you were listening does this connect to song of songs at all did you make any of the same connections that i did yes i was on the same page there i I liked it she's reading my mind she knows what page i'm on (laughs) why why did you like it what kind of connection did you make yeah i think like sometimes like we as people um, we sin because we're sinners, and like God's like, why Speak do you? For yourself. <laughs> why do you want to stick around like with these people who don't know what's good for you? Like, just let me love you. Let me tell you how good you are. Let me show that to you. Right. So it says like the just we're just gonna walk through these lyrics. So baby, I just don't get it. Do you enjoy being hurt? Mm. And it's like God sitting there is like you're in a bad relationship, and who's the relationship with? Like it's with the evil one, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's with Satan, and it's like why why aren't you coming to me? Why do you keep sinning? Like, do you enjoy being hurt by yourself, by other people? Uh, he's like, you know that it's bad. I know that you smell the perfume. You, you see the makeup on his shirt. Um, you, you know, deep down, you don't believe his stories. You know that they're all lies. Uh, but you stick around, and I don't know why. It's like, we know that Satan's a bad dude, but yet we stay in this lifestyle of sin. And, we, the, and it's so interesting. He doesn't say, stop loving him. Love me instead. He says, let me love you. It's like, because God's looking at it, it's like, look, Satan doesn't love you. He doesn't want what's good for you. And, and it's so interesting because so often we're, when we're in this case, we're like, I'm sinning. I need to love God. And this was the, this, like, so through an R&B song and this silly verse in Song of Songs, this is what God was saying to me. Because I have this, I think like that all the time. I mess up. Oh, I need to love God better. And God at this retreat where we were able to slow down, he's like, Stop. Like, let me love you. I'm the one that's good at this, right? Mm. Let me love you, and then the rest will come. So, uh, and then he says, if I was your man, uh, baby, you'd never worry about what I do. I'd be coming home back to you every night doing what's right. So he's contrasting what this other man is doing, right? What Satan is doing, cheating on you, like not wanting what's good for you, coming back with makeup and perfume and all these things. And God's like, I want you, and I'd be faithful. 
I'd come back to you every night. I would always be with you. I'm not going to mess you up. And it's like there's this there's this stark contrast between these two men that and between Satan and God in this modern day allegory, just like Song of Songs, right? Thanks, Mario. Uh, writing a new scripture. <laughs> scripture. Uh, not really. That's that's heresy. Um, and then he says, you're the type of woman that deserves good things, a fistful of diamond and a handful of rings. Baby, you're a star. I just want to show you you are. So like this woman doesn't see the beauty that that the singer of this sees in her. And he's like, God wants good things for us. He wants to to bless us. He wants us he wants us to to enjoy our life, but if we're still holding on to these things that Satan has for us, if we're still holding on to our life of sin, if we don't let go and let him love us, then a lot of times those things can't happen. He says, uh, you should let me love you. Let me be the one to uh, give you everything you want and need. Good love and protection. Make me your selection. So you, I'll show you how true love's supposed to be. So God, like, if this is God, God's saying, like, look, just choose me, and I'll show you true love. Again, not, not asking for all that much in return, right? It's like, you do this, and you'll know what true love is. Um, and then he goes in this in this this beautiful thing. Your true beauty's description, like your when God looks up beauty in the dictionary, it's a picture of you. Uh, it looks so good that it hurts. You're a dime plus ninety nine, right? So like <laughs> you're gorgeous. If ten's the best you can be, it's ten plus ninety nine. Uh, it's a shame you don't even know what you're worth. Everywhere you go, everybody stops and stares, uh, and it shows from your head to your toe, out of control, baby. Like God's out of control in love for us, right? We were talking about the, the, the silly worship songs, silly love songs, like, but God is madly in love with us. Like, he's so in love with us that this song, Song of Songs, was written the way that it is. Like, he loves you more than a husband, like, the, the best husband loves his wife, or the best wife loves her husband. Like, he loves you more than that. He sees good in us even when we don't see it, and he sees our true worth. And our response is not first, let's love God more because of it, but let him love on us, right? And like in our times of prayer, let God love on us. When things aren't going bad, let him love on us. So um, with all this joy that we've been sharing today um, and talking about, about love, I would, I would be very joyful. If you, can, if you can show some love for the show. Um, so there have been a few, by, by doing two things. If you can rate this show um, on your favorite podcast app, if you're listening to this on iTunes or Google Play, if you could go and rate the show, it would be fantastic. So how podcasts work, how more people can, can find the show is the more ratings it gets, the more you know, five stars, the more uh, people write comments about the show, the more it will show up to people when they search like the word Catholic in the iTunes store. There's a couple of people that have done this. Uh, my, our good friend Adam Minahan from the Catholic Man Show said there's a, a a lot of fun and full of energy. This podcast is super easy to listen to uh, uh, while still learning about the Catholic faith. Five stars. So thanks, Adam. Uh, if you if you post a review on the show, I will read it at some point, uh, pretty recent, uh, recently, pretty soon on the show. Um, also, uh, we started a Patreon uh, about a month or so ago, and I, I've kind of pushed it a little bit, but I wanted to take a, a little longer. Typically, I just say it in like the last four seconds because I don't get—I never give this time. Um, so I'm giving it a little time today. Uh, help me out. This is a way that you can um, support the show. The show like costs money to keep the website up, to put the podcast up, all that kind of thing. So if you can help us negate that cost, I would appreciate it. Um, you can go to uh, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash forte catholic i'm having a baby in a few months i could use all the extra money i could get uh so guys thanks for listening again thanks marcel for coming on the show thanks for the four of you for sticking around this has been fun see ya